gifts and that we should use it well to serve others. Amen. Um, our walk with God is it's a personal one. Is It is intimate. And um, we know that as we fellowship with him, he, he reveals a part of himself to us. He opens our eyes to see um, who, who he is. And in my experience, when I, when I hear people share um, the nuggets of wisdom they get from God or the, the revelation they get from God, it's, it's almost always so impactful. It comes from a place of very strong conviction. Um, and it really, um, it, it is very, very powerful. So my prayer is that this platform, um, all of us as believers, um, as God is faithful, he reveals, that's just who he is. He wants to, he wants us to get to know him more. And I know, you know, um, for each and every one of us, God is doing that for you. So this platform will give us all the opportunity to, um, to reflect, right? I mean, the opportunity to share that special thing that God has um, placed on your heart, amen. So I'm really, really excited about it, excited about it. Um, I may approach you in the future <laughs> to, <laughs> to be part of the panelist, but do know that, again, um, in your personal walk with God, uh, all that God is revealing to you, um, it's not meant to kind of stay within you, so to say. We're meant to be rivers, you know, it's uh, out of our bellies full flow rivers of living water, and that it's supposed to flow out to others. So I'm really excited that we'll all get the opportunity to do that, amen. Um, so Tita and I have been charged with leading this, so I want to give her some time to share what's on her heart as well. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Jessica. Um, we really thank God for the opportunity to lead the community of believers. Um, you know, this is it's an honor to serve each and every one of you. And today, what we'll be talking about is the love and the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so today, we've, we've come to explore something so great that mankind cannot comprehend it. And um, it's something that... Um, sustains us, which is the love of Christ. So for me, when we decided on this topic that we're going to talk about the love and compassion of Christ, the question that I kept asking myself is, why me? Why, Jesus, why God do you love me? I kept asking God, why do you love me? And he kept pointing me to Christ. So that's what we're here for today, is to point everyone to Christ, because the love of God points to Jesus Christ. And for that reason, we've come today to talk about what it means to be loved by Jesus, to experience his compassion in our lives. Amen. 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 So yes, our focus for today is the love and compassion of Jesus. It's my favorite, favorite topic of all time. Um, and that's because my, my life personally took a turn when I understood how deeply God loves me. So really excited my mic. Really excited to hear um, from everybody. So we do have a virtual panelist as well. There she is. Um, and yeah, that's another thing with this, you know, um, we're using our church time to do this right now, but truly in the future, anybody can be part of this. Anybody can log in from any part of the world. And we're trying it out this morning with our dear um, sister Daphne, who is actually logging in from Calgary, Canada. So <laughs> thank you, production team. You guys are the best. 
Um, so I'll give each of you some time to introduce um, yourself. So we'll, we'll start with you, um, Sister Daphne. Just a brief introduction. There you go. Do you want to try again? We can hear you now. We couldn't hear you before. I am Sister Daphne Uduji. I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I love Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Sister Daphne is pale fire. Can I say something? Can I say, I, I think I should say, you know, I'm being myself this morning. So you guys have heard um, our dear pastor talk about his cousin in Canada and his wife's cousin. Uh, re pretty recently, he shared how I think, you know, he called, her, she called him for something random. And he ended up being on the phone over an hour. So if to prepare for this, I had... So to prepare for this, obviously, I had the chance to, you know, talk to uh, Sister Daphne, and I can say that she is just pure fire. I could see how she'll call Pastor and they'll be on the phone for hours. So really, really looking forward to our discussion um, this morning, and really the pleasure to get to know you, Sister Daphne. Um, it's my pleasure. Good morning. My name is Chibuza Eminary, and um, I also love Jesus Christ very much. And awesome. I am very appreciative, very, very deeply appreciative of him giving me his spirit. It's the best thing in the world. Nothing compares to that, you know. So uh, I thank God for the opportunity to be a panelist this morning, to be up here and see all of your beautiful faces and um, uh, to share with our distinguished panelists to um, to share what we uh, what God has revealed to us about the love of Christ. Amen. Is it on? Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm in Kiru. Uh, love Jesus as well, obviously. Um, very excited to be here talking to all of you. I'm sure. Many of you have never actually heard my voice um, because I'm just, you know my parents and you know my sisters and I'm just here quiet. So today, you know, pastor asked me to do this and I answered that call. Um, and I'm happy to have you here. Um, Let's give her a quick shout out. She just graduated this weekend, drove all the way from DC. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just came here straight from DC and I'm just excited to talk to you all. We're not preaching, but you know, we're, we're just having a conversation, so I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm Christopher Laurent. Um, I'm the husband of Carly, a wonderful young lady. I'm proud that I'm married to her and I also love Jesus. That's all. And today I'm ready to share the revelations that um, God has placed on my heart. And I hope he can enlighten everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so why don't we um, jump right in? 
um, as we've said, we're focusing on um, the love and compassion of Jesus. So the first question that we have is, um, so when, when you reflect on, you think about the love and compassion of Jesus, um, like what, what does that mean to you and um, kind of what, what comes to mind when you think about it? Anyone, anyone can go first. I can go first. So, um, you know, when we talk about the love and compassion of Jesus, we see it, it, the whole Bible is all about it. I mean, there's no way we can even begin to discuss it and exhaust it. It's not possible. It's going to take us eternity to enjoy his love, to know him, to learn of him. But um, I know that one of the scriptures that stand out, if we can put it up, is Romans 5 verse 8. The Bible said that God demonstrated his own love for us, you know, in this. While we are yet sinners, Jesus died for us. I think, I think you know, that, is, that our salvation culminates in this. And um, for me, this is the, you know, the foundation and um, everything that he has done for us, isn't it? You know, so, and other practical examples, you know, when Jesus was walking this earth, we see that he was the God of the rich, God of the poor, you know, the, you know, he was there for the rejected, the poor, the unclean, the commoners, like the Samaritan woman, the leprous man, the prostitute, the sick, the epileptic, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. We see Jesus, even children, you know, Jesus was showing his love and compassion that he actually came for the rejected, you know? So that is my simple example of his love awesome. and compassion. Awesome, pretty powerful. I like what you said about how he basically catered to everyone. There was no favoritism. He showed love to everyone. And um, one thing I, I really just want to highlight is as we hear, um, as we hear these things, just try to put yourself right in that, in that space. So the same way that she just highlighted that, um, it's, it's triggering me to now ask myself this question, do I, show, do I show favoritism, you know, even in my love? Do I tend to show love to people that I think will um, shower, you know, shower the love back? Um, but that's a really good point, Sister Daphne, thank you. Anybody else? Uh, praise the Lord. You know, when, <clears throat> when I think of the life of Christ and his love and compassion, um, personally, I think of, of a scripture, um, Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, verse 3. And the second part, it says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So to me, I, I love that scripture. And it, it shows how Christ, um, his love, it, it draws me. Because Jesus loves me, I, I want to have union with him. I want to have a relationship with him, you know? I'm not, I'm not drawn to him because of fear. You know, fear, fear may make me try and fall in line and not sin. But fear does not draw you to Christ. It's love that draws you to Christ. 
you know? And when you look at it, even from a natural perspective, everyday life, when someone loves you, they're constantly showing love to you, kindness, compassion. You just, you just want to do things that please that person. You just want to show them kindness. You, you want to show them love back. You want to reciprocate it. And so, you know, for me personally, when I realize the love that Christ has for me, I desire to, to do things that please him. You know, it's not about being conscious of sin and walking in line. It's about having that relationship with him, you know. And uh, a clear-cut example of this, when we look in the scriptures, we all know the story of uh, Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus, you know. Um, we, don't, we don't have to go and read it, but it's in Luke chapter 19. You know, if, if you think of that story, <clears throat> Zacchaeus, uh, he climbs up on a, on a tree because he hears that Jesus Christ is coming by and he wants to see him. So Jesus comes at the tree and looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to be a guest at your house. And Zacchaeus, you know, it may not, it, it doesn't say it there, but in his heart, he's like, who, who, me? I'm a sinner. I'm a tax collector. I know I cheat people. This Jesus Christ, he wants to come to my house? Whoa, this guy really does love. So he climbs down from the tree, climbs down from the tree, and he goes to the house. And they're dining, they're interacting. If you, if you notice, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus preached to him and said, you must confess your sins, you must do this, or hellfire, da, da, da. No, just loved him, loved him. And you see the response. In, in Luke chapter 19, verse 8, you know, Luke 19, verse 8, it says that, that uh, Zacchaeus, was, he said that, you know, all that, if I've taken anything uh, um, um, wrongfully, I restore it fourfold. I'll give of my possessions to the poor. I mean, Jesus did not ask him to do that, but it was a reaction from the love of Christ. You know, so that love of Jesus, it just draws you to him in a relationship. And you just want to be more like him. You want to, 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 to love others like, like, like Christ has loved you. That's, that's been my personal, you know, revelation regarding that. Oh, praise God. That's, that's amazing. Definitely. The love of Jesus causes you, like Paul said, to give it all up without any, any compelling, nothing compels you to, you know, in a, in a world where there's always a reason, you know, where in the world where there's always a why behind something, to experience the love of Jesus without a why is beyond, it's profound. It's beautiful, yeah. I can go next. Um, when I reflect on what Jesus' love means to me, I mean, it's maybe not as like poetic or, or beautiful, but it, it, it does feel simple um, in that when I, in those moments where maybe I don't love myself or other people don't love me for the things that I've done or I can't love others, I know that Jesus always loves me. And in that is there's a lot of comfort. Um, just having somebody that's always there who like no matter what choices you make or the consequences of those choices, 
there's somebody there that loves you. And I think that sort of comfort that that gives you and that peace of mind really surpasses like any other thing. Um, and in 2 Corinthians 1.3, it says that praise, to, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, which means that how I interpret it is that Jesus is compassion and Jesus is comfort. Um, and so having his love, I also have those things available to me. And later in the verse, it says that uh, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort we receive from God. Uh, and when we try to be like more like Christ, we try to emulate him with the people in our lives, we have to channel his love. And that's the only way I think we can really channel like compassion and comfort to the people that are around us. And I would hope that other people are channeling that towards me as well. Um, so, so that's how I interpret that. Pretty powerful, very, very powerful, especially in the days that we live in today where there's always something going wrong, you know, and it's all levels. For children, they're dealing with it in school, you know, if you're a college age, if you're working, you know, there's just so much. And just to know that you have this, this love that is just a sort of source of comfort to you. But more than anything, I like how you underscored that um, when we receive it, we can even then share the love. So, and this is applicable to everybody, you know, children, you know, as you're, you get an understanding of love, as you, as you understand that you're supposed to be kind, um, practicing that in school can make the world of a, a difference for someone who, who's maybe in a troubled home. Um, so yeah, really, I just wanted to highlight that pretty powerful. Uh, Chris. It uh, shows how we are beyond fortunate because if you read the Bible, from Adam, it's, there is nothing good really that you can write about man. And if you look at it, the same God we hurt, we hurt, we hurt, knew we were going to hurt him. He pretty much decided that Jesus would die from the foundation of the world. That's love. You know you're going to get hurt, but still, I'm going to do it. But not only that, when Jesus came, the way we received him, the way the Jews, what they did to him, but yet he still decided to go on the cross for us. But not only that, he didn't stop there. If Jesus had died and left us in the state that, that we are, I mean, he would have been okay because we didn't merit it, but he went beyond that. He stripped away your sinful nature. And not only that, he joined you to him. We're not only just like Jesus. We are joined to him. The same DNA that Jesus has spiritually, we have it too. And can you imagine this? You were a slave of the devil. You had no value. Do you understand the angels that the, the, uh, the Satan was? He wanted to say, he said, I shall be like the most high. But God took the lowest of low, like you and I. He gave us his nature, and we are seated in heavenly places with him. The very thing that the devil was mistreating, 
He took that very thing. He gave you his name, his nature, and he gave you his authority to rule. That's what the love of God means to me. It means that, you know what, God is amazing. He's awesome. When we look at ourselves, we should look at ourselves as people who have value because the world has a way of showing us that we are nothing. But for God, being who he is, holy, it's like, how do I put this? Have you ever seen, imagine you have something that falls into poop, right? Like a cookie. Would you grab it? No, because it has lost its value, it has been tainted. But when you compare the holiness of God on one side and the sinfulness of men, not only sinful, he said you had the nature of Satan himself. And God, has, God is of a pure eyes that he cannot behold iniquity. But it's like you dig your hand in that dong to actually grab the cookie out. That's what God did for you. And to bring you where he has brought you today, like, this is amazing. This is something that requires, not only we talk about today, but it's something that requires reflection daily when the world throws things at you to realize that you have value to someone. Because Jesus, the reason why he went to the cross is because he identified himself with the love of God. Because he said, me and the Father, we are one. Father, what? You love me. And that love, when we own it, we embrace it, we value it, we cherish it. This is what calls us to live the extraordinary life we were called to do. So to me, is that reflecting on the love of Christ really puts you in a willing bondage to yield yourself to such person. Because against all odds, he went and saved you. And not only that, he gave you his presence, and he lives in you 24-7. So this is what it means to me. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Wow, Chris. Made me think. <laughs> all right. So our, our second question, we're going to move on to our second question. Um, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you learning? Are you uh, enjoying this? This is awesome. This is really good. The love of Christ. So, second question. Why is Christ's ministry of love and compassion important in the life of a believer? So, I know, in Kiru, you touched on it a little bit about being able to reflect it. You know, oftentimes, some people who don't know the Lord, they'll say things like, man, you have such an energy, or there's something about you, you know what I mean? But really, that thing as a believer that they're seeing or that they should be seeing is that love of Christ coming out of you. So this question kind of touches on that on, you know, why is the love and compassion of Christ important in the life of a believer? Can I, I'm going to jump in really quick. Um, I think it's funny that you just said that because I literally have, let's all get comfy, you know, let's be honest. You saying that, you said that when we met for prayer to prepare for this, she said the same thing, you know, people look at believers of Christ and they see that light and they see that joy in you and they wonder what it is and it's the love of Christ. And when she said that, I looked at myself like, is that what people see in me? Like, are people seeing this joy and this light? Because I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um, and if you met me, I don't know that you've ever said that about me before. 
And so it made me think like in my life as a believer, that is something that I should be striving towards. Like if it's something that I don't have right now, I know that as I walk in this journey, that's something that I will attain eventually. And eventually you'll see me on the street and you know, I'll be smiling or you'll see this halo of light around my head and you'll know like, what is that? That's the love of Christ. And I know that that's something that I should be working towards. Um, and even more honestly, like looking at this panel of people here, it's heavy hitters. It's, you know, like these are people who other people say will be pastors eventually who have those verses just available to them. If you guys could see the amount of notes I have just trying to keep up. No, I'm very serious. Just trying to keep up with the caliber I feel like these people sitting here have. And it's also, as a believer, like, I just know that his love is empowering me to reach that level. And I think if I was... <laughs> Hallelujah. I love how real here is, is getting. Uh, here. I, I, mean, I really love you. how real, um, how real she's getting. But can we pull up Romans 5.5 5 real quick? As we're pulling that up, honestly, like, I'm humbled by you. For you to even be here, you know, I mean, yeah. you drove from D.C., to come here, the first community of believers. I mean, my God, that is the love of God, yeah. you know, to minister unto the Lord. I mean, to, I mean, that's what daddy was talking about. This is us projecting God's love so that the world could see. It says, lift Jesus higher so that when you lift him higher, men will be drawn onto him. That's what you're doing. You are Amen. the love of God. Yes, you. you are. Amen. Amen. Um, and I'm going to read Romans 5, 5. I think I need it in NKJV. Uh, yes. In New King James Version. It says, Romans 5, 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, my dear sis, you have the love of God right in your heart. It's in all of our hearts, right? It's part of the gift that God has given us. All we have to do is believe in it and just and walk in it. Um, I know it may sound easier said than done, right? But and because you may uh, you, you get upset or you get upset at your kids, at your siblings, your parents, and there's all these things going on around you that wants you to think that you're not reflecting the love of God. But truly, waking up every day knowing that this is already in me, I have the ability to exhibit it, to manifest it, and you see God little by little, you know, with the choices that you make. Well, really starting from your thoughts. With your thoughts and the little choices that you make, you see him really changing you. And before you know it, you're exhibiting that. Um, but I really th I'm thankful that you, you share that because I know that resonates with all of us, right? Where we think that... Mm, all this righteousness uh, talk and all this holiness talk. You know, when we look at ourselves, we think that maybe it's for certain people, but that's, that's what the enemy wants us to believe, but that's not our portion, amen. We know the truth, we're unto him, amen. And we know the truth and the truth has set us free. Amen, amen. amen. Um, I, I also kind of want to piggyback on what she just said, what everyone has been saying. You know, because we have the spirit of Christ in us, 
we have the love of Christ. You know, the Spirit of God comes with all of the attributes of, of love that we see in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm sure most of us are familiar with that scripture. You know, love is patient, it's kind, it's, it's not selfish, you know, it's not rude. We have all of that within us, you know? And so I think that for the believer, um, first off, we have to believe it. We have to actually believe that we have that love, that type of love in us, you know? When we see what Jesus Christ did, uh, as he walked the earth, um, we see how he was loving people, both the good and the evil, the, the rich, the poor. He loved everybody. You know, the Bible says that even the, the miscreants, the, the, the scum of society were drawn to him. When we see that, we have an example. We say, okay, Jesus did that, so can I, because I have the love of Christ in me. I have the ability to love like he did. Again, Jesus commanded that we love those, not like the world loves, but like he loves, you know. Um, um, he has said that we should, we should love those who uh, persecute us, who may say bad things to us, pray for those, you know, bless them, all these different things, you know. What profit is it to you to love just your friend? Even the unbelievers do that. You know, what profit is it to you to lend to somebody you know who will pay you back? Even the unbelievers do that. But when you are loving like Christ does, then people can identify you as being a child of God. You know? And there's another scripture um, that comes to mind that just kind of shows to me the extent of the love of Christ. Um, if you look at John chapter 13, verse 1, um, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And, you know, I have been... I have been meditating on this scripture to, to really understand what that meant. Having loved those, you know, who were his, he loved them to the end. You know, from, from a natural perspective, it's easy to say the words, I love you. Anyone can say it. But if that love is shallow, it may not really stand up against uh, pain or certain pressures of life, you know? Um, if someone says they love you, but then that love comes at the cost of, of being shunned by society, of being ridiculed, that love may not last. But say that it does, say that the love lasts, then at the fear of, of being tortured, scorched, you know? certainly that fear would vanish. But let's say that it does. Let's say that it still stands strong. That fear still stands strong. Then certainly, if you're looking at it from a natural perspective, that fear will definitely melt away. Excuse me. That love, that love will definitely melt away 
um, at the fear of being killed by being hung on a cross. But when we look at Jesus Christ, it says that when his hour had come, the hour of his arrest, his torture, and his being killed and nailed on a cross, when that hour had come, he loved us to the end. Can we love like that? I ask myself, I'm not just talking to you, I also ask myself that way. Can I love the way Christ did? Or, or will I, um, you know, reject him like Peter did when some little pressure comes up? You know, you hear it all the time, we're in the last days, but it's true. People are starting, you know, love is, is, is beginning to wax cold. You know, people are, if you talk about Christ, you'll notice that out of nowhere, anger will just flare up, you know? When that time comes, can we love Christ to the end? Like he loved us. A lot of food for thought. <laughs> A lot of food for thought. God will help us in Jesus' name. Anybody else want to add to that question? Um, it's something that uh, just came to me. We talk about the love of God. It's very important for the believer to understand that because love is really your nature. Because when you read scripture, you say that God is love. So if God is love, Jesus said, if you've seen me, what? You have seen my father. He said, I and the father, we are what? We are one. But when you read in John 17 as well, he goes into details. He said, when I'm raised from the dead, I'm in my father and you are also in me. So you are in the love of God. But if God is love, when you look at the hopelessness and how helpless man is, how can a man love? A man can only love when he's joined to Christ. Outside of Christ, you don't have the ability to love. That's true. A man who walks in love. This is why in the last day, I want you to see something that's happening. I'm going off topic, but it's okay. It's important that I say this. Legalism has entered the church so much that it has taught us to rely on our own strength. A man his love has gone cold is a man who's not connected to the spirit. Because if you are connected to the source of love, how can your love grow cold? I'm not expecting this light to go out because it's connected to the source. When a man, I'm sorry, move away from Christ, you're not connected to the source, of course your love will grow cold. How? You introduced him to legalism. This is why it's very important that we identify ourselves with Christ we remain in him, in his love. Therefore, the devil won't be able to snatch you. Love is your identity, it's your nature, and who you are. Stop trying to produce it. It's interesting how when we teach the truth, we even switch. I want to stand up for that. I'm going to stay seated because everybody else is seated. But it's interesting, right? When we talk about love, we say, you know what? Love your neighbor as yourself. But there is something that was done prior to that for you to love because your nature has changed. You have acquired a new nature that allows you to love. But legalism teaches you, you know one thing? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you read Paul's writing in the book of Ephesians, 
he laid the ground for this. He tells you, okay, you are sitting in heavenly places with Christ. You are joined to him. Now, when you get to Ephesians 4.24, what does he tell you? He tells you this. Put on the new man, what, in the likeness of his creator. Now, he switched to the further verses to tell you what, therefore, put away lying. Because what he's identifying something, what he's really identifying is this. Remember that your nature has changed. You are not the same man anymore. You don't have to live according to your flesh. Therefore, now, lying is not an issue for you anymore. For instance, I, I sprayed you, I'm sorry. But what I'm saying is this. Go ahead. If you see this, for instance, right, what Paul is really teaching you is like, you know what, focus on the new man you are. You are drained to Christ. You have ceased to be the person that you were. You don't have to do this on your own strength anymore. Amen. Amen. Because Jesus Amen. said something in John chapter 10. What did he say? Father, the ones you have committed into my hand, I have what not lost them because of what they identify themselves with Christ. The way to survive the last day is to embrace grace. Hallelujah. Because Woo! when you Thank are in the Jesus. grace of God, you are kept. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And the way to lose your life in the last day is to separate yourself from Christ by going into legalism, not understanding you have a new nest of life, not understanding the spirit has been given to you. Amen. Because trust me, when you are connected to the source, what can the devil do? Nothing. It's very important to be understanding these truths these last days. That's why your love won't grow cold. You live the life that you are called to live because you are connected to the sources. Because you are connected to the sources, just like the vine is connected to the branches, it bears fruit effortlessly. The same way too, you remain in the grace of God, you bear fruit effortlessly. The identity Hallelujah. of Christ shows through you because you have been joined to the Father because Jesus is in the Father, you are in the Father as well. Amen. It makes life simple. When people are falling aside, you remain standing. Why? Because the source of your life, like we say, you are the pillar that holds my life. When everybody else is crumbling, you will be standing. Strong. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Hallelujah. Chris. Hallelujah. And so as we stay connected to the vine, as we stay connected to the vine, we receive the power that we need to yes. even exhibit the love of God. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Chris. Amen. Woo! Sister Daphne, did you want to add anything before we go to the next question? Um, I love um, Brother Chibos and Sister um, Brother Chris and the word they had given. You know, I think um, they have explained it so well and had even gone into the other questions we had actually to even explain more. Um, you know, I when they were talking, especially Brother Chris was talking, I was thinking about political parties, you know, like if you are with a political party and you have their manifesto and you are acting like you're, you know, you're not going in the way of that party, people are gonna be confused. You know, they don't know where you belong. You know, um, but when you identify with your group, you know, what you know you is expected of you, that is when people know who you are and where you're coming from. I remember John 13, verse um, 34 to 35. I'm just going to read it out. It says, a new command I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also, um, you also ought to love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So um, love and compassion is Christ's identity. And like Chris, Brother Chris has said, and Brother Chibuzo, they that is also 
our identity. But, um, you know, when Brother Chris and, and Chibuzo were talking, there was something, you know, they were saying those people we are in Christ, they were talking about who we are in Christ, but I want us to bring the practicality of how we become that person that Christ has caused us to be. The change has been done. We have a new DNA. We have a new identity. But how do we bring it forth? And we have also bring a scripture that stands out for me to where we had said, um, you know, that um, Sister Jess has said that I am the vine and you are the branches. You know, that when you, you, when you abide in me, you bear fruit. I think the key word is abiding because if we say like, we have to love, we have to love, it becomes a work. It becomes, you know, you start striving. That's where we fall off the way because we are striving to do it. But I think that we can create, you know, the identity by just looking onto Jesus and abiding in him. You know, by the time we start answering the other questions, we can just maybe help the, uh, ourselves to understand how to bring forth what, who we are on the inside. We can bring it forth on the outside effortlessly, all right, so that we don't go into legalism, you know. So, praise God. Can, can I, can I, Hallelujah. Absolutely. Can I say something? Um, Additionally, you know, in, in Romans chapter 8, um, I think it's verse 35 or 36, it talks about, it says, you know, Paul is asking, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? It didn't say what. It said who. So this is a reference to, to, to the enemy. You know, the enemy is tr that, that tries to separate us. And how does he try to separate us? By throwing these fiery darts of the wicked one, the, the fiery darts. And what are they? They're the ones that are listed in that, in that same scripture of Romans chapter eight. It says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, uh, uh, all of those things that are listed, can it separate us from the love of Christ? No, you know, in Christ we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors, you know, because we believe in him. And so when, when you look at that scripture, you come to understand that, you know, there's been talk of um, uh, Christ is divine, we are the branches. There's a connection, there's a oneness. We are joined to Christ. Do you know that when we think of love, love is so much more complex it's so much more complex than simply something you feel in your emotion, in your, your hearts towards another person. Do you know that love, hear me now, love is the binding agent that makes God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, makes them all one. Love. Love is the, is the binding agent that makes them one. You know, we use the word Trinity. It's not in the Bible, but it, we use the word Trinity to describe that oneness. That, that oneness relationship between, between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was never meant to just be the three of them. We were supposed to, we, 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 are, we are to be a part of that, you know? And that's why Jesus prayed that prayer, you know, that uh, he prayed that, that, um, that we will be one with the Father just as he is one uh, with him, you know? He, he made that desire, and that, that oneness is by love. So, what the point I'm trying to bring across is when Satan is throwing those fiery darts, 
He's attacking us from, the, from a physical perspective. His goal is trying to, to shake us, you know, shake us and take our focus away from that connection we have with, with Christ. So now start focusing on ourselves, you know, to now start making us feel as though we are not loved. We no longer believe that we are loved. He tries to attack us and make us feel, you know, the, uh, depression, you know, but it becomes, it, it's very vital. It is vital as a believer that we meditate on a regular basis on the love of Christ, that we are joined to him, that we are one body with him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, go ahead. Uh, she was always uh, talking. Uh, something that came to me is that we as a church should refocus our mind on what love is. Because from the perspective of the Old Testament, when we saw love, love was action. Because there was no spirit enabling you to live that life. But in the New Testament, we define love the same way in the Old Testament. Love is action. But this is what dropped in my heart. Love is not action. Love is nature that determines your action. Love is nature that determines your action. Because God is love, like I said, Jesus is in him, and you are in him. In Galatians 2.20, say what? It's no longer you that live, but what? Christ lives in you. So love is not action anymore for the believer. It's the nature of God that controls you, that causes you to do these things. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So let's move right along. Um, the next question, I, would, I believe, should bring some practicality to this. Um, so it says here, can you give examples of how the, um, how the, oh, how the, how in your life, right, the, the love and compassion of Christ has impacted or transformed your life? A practical example. Uh, Hallelujah. Sure. You want to go ahead? Well, I was just saying in a practical example to our panelists, um, I mean, I, I personally don't think that, um, I think that the life of a believer, I don't think it's, there's a difference between practical and spiritual. We just are, you know, just what does the life, what does his love, how has it impacted your life, just period, you know? Um, um, I, I can go ahead and start. Um, the love of Christ, how it has impacted me is that it has given me a confidence it has helped me to know my value. Um, there was a dream that I had back in 2014, um, and it was a very vivid dream, and I actually wrote it down. Um, I didn't know that uh, eight years later, eight years later I'd be up here uh, sharing it with you. Um, but before I read the dream, um, I'm going to read Sam chapter 40, verse 2. Sam chapter 40, verse 2. It says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. This is, this is what Jesus did for all of us when we did not deserve it in the least. We were nothing. I mean, we were complete nothing. We were in the mire. Mire is murky, mud, filthy nothingness. We were in it, deep. 
He pulled us out of it, not deserving it, cleaned us up, set us on solid ground, and, and, and put his life in us. So, um, the, I'll, I'll read the dream that I had. It says, Jesus was walking down the sidewalk and came upon and came up to a filthy piece of filth which had been blackened and plastered to the sidewalk as, as a result of thousands of feet which marched on it. Jesus looked upon this darkened, flattened piece of filth with compassion. No one had ever really taken time to look upon or even consider this piece of filth plastered to the sidewalk, but he did. As he gazed upon it, love and life emanated out of him like colorful, radiant energy. This love and life entered into the filth and instantly it transformed and grew into a man clothed in white. As the man stood there, this radiant, colorful energy continued to emanate from Christ and enter the young man. Unknowingly, he was being filled with the Spirit of God through Jesus. Christ had given him an intelligent and sound mind, wisdom, knowledge, strength, endurance, power, spiritual authority, and the spirit of love. Christ had given all that he had. Tremendously blessing him. The young man was so moved by how God had dealt so bountifully with him that with tear-filled eyes, he asked Jesus, why me? Jesus responded, because I love you. I'm sure, I'm sure you all can guess who that young man is, you know? Um, so, you know, when I think about Christ and his love, practically, it gives me this unshakable confidence in who God has made me to be. I realize that I am his workmanship. I do not devalue myself, you know? I, I walk with my head high. I walk with confidence, not with pride, but confidence in who Christ has made me to be. And this affects every aspect of my life. Whether I'm talking with friends, I'm at work, I'm, I'm doing some, I'm, any aspect of my life, you know, I have this, I, I have this inner confidence, this value, this self-love for who Christ has made me to be, you know. Praise the Lord. Yeah, pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. Anybody else? I'll go. Um, I think it's really powerful that you talked about self-love um, and how that has transformed you and having that sort of confidence. And I think that's how I view God, Christ's love for me and like how it has transformed my life. Uh, and I also, I view it as Christ's love is joy and it's joy that 
and I, I was just speaking for myself and my personal journey, joy that I could never truly find for myself. Um, in John 15, verse 9, it says that, I have loved you even as the Father loved me. Remain in my love. And later it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. And this is Christ talking. This is his joy. And for me to be able to be filled with his joy, this joy that I can't seem to find for myself, I have no choice but to be transformed or to be renewed in that and find comfort in knowing that that thing that I've been searching for for so long that's always felt like it was missing was here. Um, and Sister Daphne mentioned, what are we talking about, you know, our new nature, our new DNA, but practically, how do we reach that? And I only found that when I started, like, as Shibuza said, meditating, reading the word, like, you have to be, you have to, it's there for you to take, you just have to accept it. And I think for a long time, I, I, I wouldn't crack open my Bible, I wouldn't really, you know, I would pray my little prayers, and I wasn't actually doing any deep reflection, I wasn't trying to really change my nature. Um, and for a long time, you all have seen me here at this church, you'll never see me smile, and, uh, and it's... Not anymore, uh, right? Right, but I smile now, yeah. and um, <laughs> hallelujah. And it's because I, I couldn't find that thing for myself, and it, it was it was always available to me. And I realized, like, I can ask Christ for the things that He has, because He is in me. Those things I also have. So if I didn't have that joy before, but I have it, it could have only come from Him. Amen. Amen. Um, the truth of the matter is, you know, we can talk from now till tomorrow, right? But it's really God himself that touches our heart and, and um, gives us this revelation of his love for us. We already have seen that when we get this revelation, we, we saw what happened to Zacchaeus. No one had to tell him what to go and do. He started saying, oh, he's, he's going to go and do X, Y, and Z when he encountered that love. Um, our prayer is that for each and every one of, uh, of, of, of us, everyone under the sound of our voices, no matter the age, for God himself to reveal this love to you. I thought as, as they were talking, I thought of the scripture, which I actually, um, I sent it to uh, my, uh, my lovely pastors. Um, this scripture in, in Matthew 16, 15 to 17. Sorry, guys, I know I didn't give it to you before, but read it. This is when Jesus asked um, uh, his disciples who they think he is, right? And we remember Peter's response in verse Matthew 16. I will um, read um, Matthew 16. I'll read 16. Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Our prayer is that God supernaturally will reveal this love that we're talking about because when that happens, I guarantee, because this is what happened for me, 
I guarantee you that your life will literally turn around and you see everything from that perspective of God deeply loving you. So no matter what happens, you know that he has your best interests at heart. You know that he is, he's taking care of you today. He will take care of you tomorrow. I mean, everything about you, you know he will take care of it. And more. I mean, it's not just about him taking care of you, but truly there's, there is a key difference when that revelation comes from God. He wants to do it for all of us, and our prayer this morning is that it will be all of our experiences. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And I just wanted to add to it real quick. Um, you know, love of God practically in my life has just been, you know, experiencing God's grace, his overwhelming grace. Um, you know, when we talk about the love of God, when you're able to have peace when there's storm, that's the love of God. When you're able to experience life in such a beautiful way, um, when everything else tells you that you, you don't deserve it or you shouldn't, you know, that's the love of God. And um, I just... I know we, we don't have that much time, but just want us to just take a moment and just lift up, you know, this song is just amazing love. How can it be? My Lord, my God came to die for me and for each and every one of you. Amazing love. How can it be, my Lord, my God, came to die for me? So it, it wasn't about if you were good, or if you were bad, or if you had a good life, or if you were on the right path, or if you were on the wrong path. He just loves you. Like, he just loves you. And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve the Kayarabahas. It had a hundred and
and um, from 13, 13, 13, where it says, eight, and not main, but greatest of all this is love. Amen. Amen. Um, Sister Daphne, you wanted to chime in? Praise the Lord. Uh, I don't know how much time we have, but um, just like um, we are talking about today, I just want to help us, all of us, to start um, finding a way to try, you know, bring this love and the nature that is already inside of us to the physical. You know, we know, we know that we are changed. We know we have the life of Christ in us. But what is happening on the inside of us is creating what is happening on the outside of us. What we allow to grow is what transcends and that's what we can give. So that is what I want us to And I believe that when we start having some time in his presence, when we start staying focusing on Jesus, when we start hanging out with God, creating that time every day, at every minute of our life, say like you are doing your work, Say like you are making the bed, say like you are washing the dishes, and you take a stop for a moment and just imagine him and just think about him and just say, I love you, Jesus, and I have your love. You know, I you are the best. And just kind of give him your heart and love him. And then after a while, you just do it for one minute. So when we are creating these imaginations, you know, and thinking about him, we are bringing forth that which is already in our spirit to transcend to our physical body. And then it can flow through us to the people around us. Because I keep saying, I keep saying that, like what we are talking about today, we are talking about his love. We know we are changed. Why are people not seeing it? We know we are different. We know we carry, carry his DNA. Why is he not transcending like he did when Jesus was here? But we see Jesus with great time and step out and stay with the Father. He's always conscious of who he was and he was working in that reality. But I think it came from becoming aware of who he is and dwelling in his presence. He said that when we dwell in the presence, like the Bible says, I, um, we're just going to read it. 1 John 5 and 15. Um, I think it's 1 John verse 15 where he says, um, I'm divine. I don't know the, the particular um, scripture, but I, the, the place where it says, I'm divine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You know, the Bible said in 1 John 4, verse 17, as you are, so are as, he, as, as he is, so are we in this world. You know, it's not, it's, it's the transcendent Jesus, it's the Jesus that is living in heaven. He says, as he is, so are we in this world. But why, the question I'm asking today is the practicability. Why are we not really, are people seeing us not seeing that, you know, Jesus, those small Jesuses, those, those Jesuses, that nature in us? It's, I think it's all about creating that time to stay in his presence. The word abide means staying there, not going away, not allowing the circumstances or circumstances of life the bills we have to pay, the work we have to do to take our eyes off him. When we focus on him, the more we focus on him, we create that practical little bit of time every minute, every day of our life, several times in an hour. 
You know, no matter what we're doing, we just stop and just think about him for a minute. We think about the love of him in us. We think about the nature of him in us. I think when we put it into practice, that thing, that, that awareness of him, we start becoming a reality. And it's going to easily flow from our spirit. And people will start beginning to see, for indeed, this is who this person is. So that's just what I wanted to bring to us, you know, where, how we can, you know, close the gap. How we can bring that nature inside of us to the outside. Amen. And, you know, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we are... Chris, out. just wants one yeah. minute. Just one minute. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say any closing um, comments. No, I was just going to say, do you guys have any closing things to say? And we'll just wrap it up. Hopefully we get a minute or two extra. Um, you know, the love of God is actually is very transforming because it's the basis on which your relationship with him flourish. Because when you understand the love of God, there are many things that it affects even your prayer life. Because there was something that plagued me for years and I know it plagued everybody here. You may not talk about it, it's the truth. You wake up in the morning, the first thought that comes into your head, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, why should you even pray? And the cure to that, because it's very important how you start your day, is to understand that God loves you. That the same God that say before you prayed I have what answered while you were yet sinners Christ died what good things would I withhold from you so these are the things we need to understand because understanding the love of God is the basic to have basis to have a good fellowship with him because when you don't understand that God loves you you will always be tiptoeing around the same God who claim he loves you and the interesting thing is that you will never enjoy the benefit that he has for you. And you know the only person in profit is the devil. Because you will never have authority. You will never see yourself the way God wants you to see yourself. That allows you to live in power. It only, the only person in profit is the kingdom of devil. Because you will not take dominion the way you should. But when you wake up in the morning, these thoughts come. It's very important that you chase them with the word of God. You let him know that God loves me with an everlasting love. Let him know where he is. Nobody died for him. He's doomed to go to hell. But you, you've been given a fresh start. Amen. This is who we are as believers. Amen. It's very important that we understand the love of God. We accept it. And not only that, that same love is in us which is our nature, it controls the situation around us, the way we Amen. deal with people, the way we love our wife, the way we relate to our children, the way we deal with our mean bosses, amen? Hallelujah. So these things are very important because when you understand these truths, this is what calls you to live the life that you call the extraordinary life. Thank you. Amen. Awesome, Amen. awesome. So we are um, out of time. We'll just close with a... a um, a quick prayer in Jesus' name. Father and our God, we thank you so much for this time of focusing and talking about your love. Thank you so much for that which you've done even during this hour. 
you've opened our eyes to know these things that have been freely given to us. You've opened our eyes to really realize that this is who we've been created to be. And as long as we sit with you and we dwell with you and we stay in your presence and we stay abiding with you, these things will be manifest. Oh Lord, I thank you. I thank you because as we walk even in this truth, as we walk even in this truth, many sons will be brought to glory. Many, many sons will be brought to glory because you will be reflected in and through our lives. I give you praise because there will be bountiful fruits. There will be a bountiful harvest even from that which you've shared with us this morning. To you be all praise. Continue to be magnified and glorified in our lives, Jesus. For in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.